I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2018 Strip-Till Farmer Podcast Series. Today's program, Part 1 of Problem Solving Precision Pain Points, is being brought to you by TopCon Agriculture. If this is your first time tuning in, you can subscribe to this series and get updates on future episodes currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for a podcast, let us know, and we'll look to get it added. Thanks again to TopCon Agriculture for its support of this podcast series, Agronomy Matters, and TopCon Agriculture application solutions make it work. From planning to precision machine control, NORAX boom height control, monitoring and mapping, to data management, you have the total set of solutions to maximize your agronomic plan. Find out how to make the most of your 4R nutrient stewardship with precision technology that is unmatched in ease of use. Visit them at topconpositioning.com slash growing solutions. Well, the business relationship formed between precision farming dealers and farmers can be a complicated one. Farmers have certain expectations and dealers have certain limitations. However, cultivated, well-managed partnerships can be immensely profitable for both sides. Quality product may get you in the door of your dealership, but it's service after the sale that keeps you coming back. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast brought to you by TopCon Agriculture, we dig down and dissect the makings of a good dealer-farmer relationship. With a panel of three farmers and three precision equipment specialists, I moderated to discuss their business relationships, chronicling solutions to adoption pain points, prioritizing technology needs versus wants, and the value of building two-way trust. So with us here today, and starting at my immediate left, is Adam Gittens, General Manager of HTS Ag, and he is joined by Josh Johnson. To his left is Bryce Hennings, and he is joined by, he is the uh, Service Manager, Precision Service Manager at Van Horn Precision Technologies in Cerro Gordo, Illinois, and he is joined by Brack Dean. And then down to the far left is Bill Lemcool, and he is joined by Adam Fennig, who is the Product Specialist with Fennig equipment in Coldwater, Ohio. So this is going to be a, a moderated discussion here, and I'd just like to kick things off uh, by going down the line here, having uh, each of our panelists offer some perspective and, and just maybe a little overview uh, of their operation and their entry point into precision, uh, whether it's the relationship they started, that foundation with each other, or kind of that first customer interaction that they had. So I'm Adam Fennig, uh, like Jack said, with Fennig Equipment, and uh, we're based out of Coldwater, Ohio, a smaller independent dealership, uh, less than 10 employees. Whenever we dabble into precision farming, it usually deals with uh, application of fertilizer, so banding dry, um, calibration of dry, and doing some mapping. That's basically what we do, how far we get into it. I've got Bill here. I'll let him talk about what he does. But at Fennig Equipment, um, that's the overview of what we do. Thanks, Adam. Bill Lemkul. I'm wearing two hats today. Number one, we do own a precision ag, independent precision ag company, Precision Agri Services Incorporated in Minster, Ohio. But we also farm as well as my entire team. So, so I'm wearing my farmer hat today. And, and basically, we farm about 3,000 acres corn, soybeans, and wheat. And with that, even though we have my own company, we still rely on some of our uh, other OEMs out there and other dealers for some things, uh, whether that's our John Deere dealer, uh, 
Trimble Ag Leader. We run the gamut of that in application equipment, et cetera. So, but uh, other than that, that's just a short introduction. I'm Brack Dean, farm 4,000 acres, got a bunch of cows, a bunch of hogs. My background's a PFS. I worked with Bryce at Central Ag when we first both started cutting our teeth in the business. I went back to farming. He moved on to Van Horn, and now we have a relationship that I trust him, he trusts me, and we have the relationship where we can yell at each other and the next day get over it. It works better this way. Like I said, Bryce Hennings, uh, Van Horn. Uh, it's an 11 location co-op, and then uh, the Precision Technologies operates as a as a 12th location, if you will, uh, independent from the from the co-op side. Four years in a Case H dealership. Uh, not quite four years, and then I moved over to where I'm at now, January of last year. Been an interesting ride back and forth, uh, seeing both sides of the OEM and then the independent. It may not sound uh, different, you know, if you've never experienced both sides, but it, it is. Um, not in a bad way, but you do the same job for two different entities. Uh, it's, it's an interesting makeup. I'm uh, Josh Johnson. I'm from East Central Missouri. I've been a, oh, let's see, a customer of HTS Ag for around 10 years, and uh, I'm also wearing two hats. I farm a little over a thousand acres and I'm involved in about another thousand. Uh, in my farm operation, uh, so I'm always looking for a little revenue somewhere, so I'm also an associate dealer with HTS, so I'm a customer of theirs, and, but I also have my own set of customers who are neighbors and uh, uh, usually n close neighbors and friends. You know, I run a kind of a small circle, but I'm involved uh, on both sides. So HTS Ag has uh, been in business since 1995. Uh, the founders of the company were farmers and Southwest Iowa. Uh, I've been with the company for just a little over a dozen years now. Prior to that, I worked for Ag Leader Technology. And uh, so out of those last 10 years that Josh and I have worked together, we've gotten to know each other really, really well. And, and I think that relationship, aside from just the business transactions, has been really key to some of, some of the things we've been able to do together. So uh, looking at the precision progress for, from both sides of the equation here, um, I'm hoping the panel can maybe just share their perspective on some of those early experiences they've had, either with each other or getting into precision. You know, maybe it's that, that first purchase that you made or that first sale you had uh, with the customer and what kind of expectations were set early on as far as service, performance, quality? Well, I can start with a bad story. <laughs> We had uh, one of the earliest things, I guess, that sticks out in my mind. Uh, Josh had worked with several things prior to this, but had gotten a hold of a autopilot system for a Hagee that we went round and round and round with to try and make it work. And it got to the point where I'd see Josh calling. I'm like, I, I have no idea how to fix this thing. Stayed after it, and we eventually worked through it. Josh was one of the guys that was was willing to stay after the the task and if i come up with an idea for him to try whether he thought it was going to help or not he'd go try it so uh we eventually did get the thing working i believe is that one still running that one's gone it's gone <laughs> there's another one just like yeah that. good deal <laughs> yeah the second one the, is always easier when you find the the problem the second time but uh we've had a handful of what he talks about but most things that i've been through have been pretty smooth especially my own stuff or my customers, but what I have valued out of uh, Adam's relationship coming from HTS, he has a, a contact or two that's been helpful. I, I think, is it safe to say that I take care of most of my problems? I, I take care of most of my problems, but however, some at some point you hit the brick wall where I've used up 
my resources that I can find. Someone at HTS, not always Adam, is is my next step, and I always feel like I have a safety net back there, and that's my avenue um, right up to the to the manufacturer or, or the supplier. So I always feel confident when I run into a problem that I'm gonna be able to solve it because everybody's been through one of those problems where you just think you're never gonna get this thing to work. At the end of the day, he provides me a, a safety net, and that's that makes me feel a lot better. I'm, I'm chewing off a project sometimes you're not terribly confident about. I kind of go off of that. Brack's pretty smart on his own. You know, we both work at Case Dealer, so we, we got some of the same training. Um, I spent a few, you know, however long, longer than you did there, but so I got a little bit more of the case training, a little bit more knowledge under my belt from, from them in general. Um, but I, I do know that if he's calling me eight times out of ten, sometimes to chat, other times there's a problem, you know, and he's tried to work through it, you know, on his own. Uh, with his own knowledge, and um, if he is calling, it's usually a, usually a problem. I, I usually try and do my best to, to call or call back quickly and help out. And, and I would have thought that we met about five years ago, <laughs> that we'd be sitting on this stage, let alone being co-workers then, and now you know, the relationship that we've got. But it, it works out well, and uh, it's kind of morphed into what it has, but, but it works for us anyway. Uh, it's like you're going off the safety net. The safety net in the farming business as a farmer is massive. I have contacts. I can still reach out my OEM guys. And it's usually I just need to make that phone call, say, hey, what did I just do wrong? 90% of the time, nothing. I just did poke a button, and I, and I answered my own question. But Bryce is on the phone going, what? And it clicks. <laughs> so it's just having that, like you said, that safety net of somebody you know who's got your back. I call Bryce at 8 o'clock at night on a Sunday. He's with his family. I spend time with my family on Sundays. But if, but if I call, he answers, and I appreciate it. And he's earned a lot of my business just by taking that extra step. If he doesn't answer, he calls me back the next morning. Hey, I was with my kids. I'm sorry. What's going on? We're bouncing to the idea. We'll figure it out. And I just know that he'll always answer the phone if I need him. For us, you know, we're not a particularly precision savvy dealership, I guess you could say. Uh, we focus more on iron and we'll probably never claim to be uh, precision savvy. Um, Bill, we're fortunate to have Bill close to us and he pretty well handles that, but uh, eventually you run into it. Whether it's on uh, a planter or a high clearance sprayer, um, you run into it. Like most guys, our first experience with it was not very well. And the thing about precision is you have to have a, uh, a safety net like he was talking about. You have to know who to go to um, because it's not like a field cultivator where you can put it in the ground and it's going to do a good job. Uh, it's, it's a lot harder than just putting that pin in the tractor. You've got to get everything to jive and uh, if you promise a lot of rosy things uh, you're going to get a a wake-up call and I think a lot of people have a similar experience a first-time experience with precision ag and there's a big learning curve if if uh, that's how you're going to go into it is thinking it's rosy it, it does take a lot of work and you've got to put in a lot of time to do your homework to make sure when you get to the field it's going to work properly well throwing my farmer hat on and I think everybody in the room agrees that deals with with 
farmers and growers that, that you've got your certain categories there. You've got your early adopters, the ones that are on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge. You've got your probably your mid-level guys, and then you've got the tail enders. But those of us that are on the bleeding and cutting edge, it's, it's great to work with a dealer on the iron side or on the precision ag side that, that knows that we're taking that step into that next piece of technology that's out there. Do we expect you to know everything about it? Probably not, because the your manufacturer that you're selling through is probably making the same changes and learning as they go through, and that's just part of it. So, so as a farmer, yes, in one aspect, we have to have a little patience with you as a dealer from that standpoint and that relationship. They as a being on that cutting edge, you need to understand that yes, we'll get uptight. It probably won't be with you, so don't take it personal it's probably more with your manufacturer because they don't have their stuff together yet but uh i guess that's my take on the you know the early adopter and and uh, some of that we'll get back to the panel discussion shortly but i wanted to once again thank our sponsor topcon agriculture for making this podcast possible agronomy matters and topcon agriculture application solutions make it work from planning to precision machine control, NORAX boom height control, monitoring and mapping, to data management, you have the total set of solutions to maximize your agronomic plan. Find out how to make the most of your 4R nutrient stewardship with precision technology that is unmatched in ease of use. Visit them at topconpositioning.com slash growing solutions. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from the panel on the value and importance of communication to strengthen a dealer-farmer precision relationship. Well, obviously, communication is is a big part of a successful precision relationship as well. So I'm hoping each of you could maybe just provide your perspective on frequency and, and depth of communication that is needed, whether it's on the service side, on the product side, or maybe even just a, a kind of a checking in type visit. You know, I know we've heard a, from a couple of speakers and, and discussions here this week about being more casual, not necessarily making it always a business call, but I'd like to hear the perspective from the group on that. I think it, as as the farmer in me, I like to, I like to hear, and we do it with our customers in our precision ag business. But as the farmer in me, I like to hear from either the sales guy or a tech guy at least at least one time through the spring or that season that you're using that piece of equipment. Follow up: Is it working correctly for you? Is it meeting your expectations? Some of those types of things. Yeah, in the uh, business that we're in, communication is the number one factor in everything. Chances are if something goes wrong, you know, during a setup or you get out there and, and the wire's not what you were told it was, it all boils down to communication and keeping that um, open between you and your customer not only uh, helps that sale, but it's going to help solidify future sales. And uh, I think communicating throughout the uh, planning and harvest season, not only to, to touch base, but I think physically going there, you know, not just calling, but if you can go there and ride around with them. Um, he'll ask you questions, uh, maybe even about uh, another product. But um, I know TJ touched on it a lot, um, communication, but I think you need to treat these customers much like your employees. You know, build the trust and the respect with them and the sales will continue to come. So we had a breakout this last session and they called the farmer the general manager of the business. We dictate who we're gonna to talk to, how we're gonna to talk to. 
and it made sense because that's what I do. I sit down who I'm working with and we're going to bounce ideas off each other and work together. And if I don't trust you and I don't like you, I'm not going to do business with you. This is my hard earned money. This is how I support my family. I'm not going to give to somebody who doesn't take the time to show up. I want to know your kids' names. I expect you to know my kids' names. I don't expect us to go eat breakfast every Sunday and be best friends, go to chose weddings. I just expect us to have a relationship where I call, you call, we check in with each other. I try to check in with my salesmen, my C guys, my chemical guys, my fertilizer guys, and they do the same. And that's what Bryce has done, and that's how he's earned more more business. I'm going to say an hour north of me, so some of you guys, you know, that's not that far. Um, I've got a, a, a concentrated area, but it's it's not too terribly big. Um, so you know, I may not make it up there um, frequently. You know, maybe uh, a couple times a season or, you know, a couple times in the summer or whatever if I'm up there seeing some other guys. You know, like I said before, if, if he does call, uh, it's important, you know, because like I said, he can, he can troubleshoot and do a lot of things on our own. And you got to find out, you know, like all you guys know, some of your guys like to be checked up on. Some of them don't. Some of them want you to ride with them. Some of them don't want you even walking up the ladder. So, you, you know, you got to know your customer base, which, you know, most people do. I try and check in to let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm not just wanting your money and then I'm, I'm running the other way. You know, just like coming up here, like he said, trust in my judgment. You know, we were driving driving down here and, you know, he thought, asked me what I thought of one product. Pretty sure I'm not going to sell it to him. But I told him, I said, you know, I had experience with it. And in this instance, yeah, you might be interested in it, but I, I don't think you should buy it because I don't think it's going to work as good as you want it to. So, you know, I could say, um, yeah, go buy it. So then when he spends $10,000 and he's pissed off and I'm pissed off because I told him to buy it, it's, it doesn't help the situation in the end. So, you know, farmers are just as busy as you all are. Precision is one very small part of our world. Uh, iron's another part. Fertilizer's a part. Seed. Then we got uh, generally a spouse at home, maybe some kids. Uh, time is an issue. Other customers or farmers uh, are kind of the same right now, but... Uh, my point is that you got to figure them out. I would like to think that there's times where me and Adam probably haven't spoken six months, where we just, and we're both busy in our lives, but we don't require anything out of the other one. But we both know we're in each other's back pocket if we need the other one. If I call in a crisis, I've got a, a system that I need help with on my own farm or one of my customers' farms, and I've, I've hit my wall and I'm, I've, I've had to push it up a level, then I expect a lot of attention. You know, we, when we have a burning fire, uh, stay after it. But it just kind of boils back down to knowing your customer, which one needs to be doted on often and which one kind of just needs a text every now and then. Uh, knows you're there. Uh, th those periods where we don't speak for six months, we're not mad. We're just in our own thing. We've, we've both got our, our busy worlds going on. But uh, when one of us needs the other one, we're there. One of the things I think is important to remember is people in general don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so the relationship, I think, goes a lot deeper than just being the guy they can call for, for tech support. You know, I, my wife and kids were on our way home from family vacation one year and coming across I-70. So uh, Josh and I are in a real unique situation. He's about five hours away from me, give or take. We're, we're on our way home from a family vacation. I give Josh a call and say, hey, we're coming through, not very far from you. Stop in, say hi. Went around, toured his farm with him a little bit, and just got to spend some time outside of business. And, and if you have those kinds of opportunities, I think that's really important. See, each of you has experience, uh, you know, on, on each side of technology, uh, it, certainly uh, in-depth, whether it's selling or, or servicing or in the field. Reliability is always there for the most part, but certainly things go wrong. So when they do, um, 
we'll start with maybe our, our farmer uh, panelists here to get your perspective. What's your, your biggest pain point with technology in your operation? And, and is it something that you've overcome, however you overcome it, or is it something that you're still encountering? And, and is there a solution on the horizon that you see? My biggest problem is my dad and uncle. <laughs> They're 65 and 70. They're old school. I got a wrench. I got a bolt. This is the problem. I fix it. Coming into the adaptation of RTK clutches, we just bought a 2150 case age planter with every bell and whistle on it. I sat all day on an 80-acre field with my neighbor with an old white tractor and a John Deere 7,012-year-old planter outplanted me. My father goes, I just spent this kind of money, and that old piece of crap just, just whipped me. What do we do now? We wait. The case brought in guys from Burridge, engineers, wrote some new software, fixed a couple issues. I was back up and running. It's the delay that is the biggest problem. When it's time to plant corn, you plant corn. When it's time to make hay, you make hay. How do you get the older generation to just stop? That's what I see. I would agree with that 100%. And, and everybody else in the farming operation has to have a little patience. At times, think outside the box. I know that's tough to get a farmer to do at times because they're, they're just focused on that one thing at that time, you know, whether that's planting, harvest, spraying, or whatever. But some of the solutions is, is you just got to tell them, slow down, take a breath, and then just start working through the problem walk them through it. I mean, you may not even be, it might be somebody else in, in your company or that that's trying to give them guidance, but you know, they're going to be worked up, understandably. It's dollars on the line, no doubt. It's just to got to preach to them to slow down a little bit and sometimes think outside that box. We're still not perfect. We still no. fight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not very original, but it's, it's still very relevant and that's money. This stuff costs a lot. You guys are, uh, and I have my dealer hat on as well, we're trying to make money at it and make sure we're profitable and successful. Uh, the farmer's just at his level as well. Corn last night's 347 at the river in St. Louis. That's a, generally a pretty hot market. It doesn't get much better than that. We had fabulous yields in my neck of the woods, which, which still isn't great for a lot of people, but uh, money is still very tight. And especially uh, operations that are not real large, it's sometimes hard, even if you're showing us ROI, I've seen equations and, and we all have spreadsheets to help explain ROI to us. When, when you're just tight on money, it's hard. So I guess I don't know what exactly my point is here, but when you're trying to help these operators make these purchases, it's nice to, to help streamline. Maybe we can get by with one system that moves around or just come up with solutions that, that help that ROI out. But it's definitely a pain point that I've seen on both as a dealer and as a customer. Just when We just need $6 corn, we'd all be happy. So uh, how about from, from our dealers here? What, what are you seeing? What are your responses to some of those, those concerns? Or what are, what are you seeing from a pain point perspective with technology? Well, there's always the, we want more, we want it now, we want it better mentality on an awful lot of the technology out there. I, I can't think of a product I couldn't come up with some improvements for. You know, we've got to be able to work within the realm of what we've got. We've got to understand what the feature set is. And, and also, to Josh's point, we've got to be able to streamline and say, okay, Mr. Farmer, these are the 10 things you might need in your operation. Here's the one that has the biggest return on investment. Here's how we can utilize that and get the most bang for our buck. For us, uh, the, the delay is, is a big thing. You know, like I mentioned before, we do a lot of fertilizer 
application. So if you go out, set up an air cart, like I said, you don't just drop a pin in the tractor and you're, and you're going. It seems like you have to do a lot more homework. You know, like I said, there could be a, a cable that's wrong or, or anything. There's, there's a lot more that you have to dig to get to the very bottom of everything uh, to make sure that everything's compatible. You know, the 2630, he, he has that. Oh, but does he have the rate controller? Well, is it the 2000 or is it the dry or just the liquid? And, and there's a lot of that stuff that, you know, like I mentioned, I'm not a probably I'm not nearly as precision savvy as a lot of these other dealers up here. So that's especially a struggle for us. But like I said, that's whenever we kind of flip it over to someone who knows what they're doing. But you have to have that person in your back pocket. And then another struggle is when things do go wrong, when there is a fire, um, having that backup plan and being able to get the patience from the customer. I mean, there's uh, obviously everyone is running 100 miles an hour at planting and harvest. Being able to just slow things down and walk through a problem, it's usually something small. I guess I'll answer this with both hats on, but I guess one thing is is make sure you're asking questions and as a farmer i expect you to ask questions and this goes for the sales guys out there i think in particular but ask questions gain my respect and we do the same out of, i expect the same out of my sales guys in our precision egg group is is you know ask that farmer where do you want to go in the future where do you want to go down the road what are you looking to do? And granted, yes, technology changes fast. You're right. It's not, not different than any other normal computers or technology that's out there. But, you know, give me give me options. Adam had a very good point. You know, give me the options of, all right, this display will do this. But if you spend a little more money up front, you may be able to do this down the road without a large cash outlay and things like that. So give, give me the options. Make Communication is key here. And so make sure you ask the questions. One of the more pain points that I think of is, and I, I was talking to a guy over the summer, I, I'd fill out a little survey form or something, whatever. You know, you got a lot of guys that are willing to invest the money in the product, but they're not willing to invest the knowledge in themselves. And that's that just kills the whole operation. You know, you got a guy wants, you know, he, he talks to the coffee shop buddies and, and goes to precision planning conferences and he wants it all. You know, we can, we can give it all to him and uh, he's happy with it. But then he, he expects to push a couple buttons and it goes. Well, technically it should, but you've got to learn a little bit in the process. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to have a few guys that aren't willing to invest the knowledge in themselves. You know, they'd rather pick up the phone and bug you 15 times a day, which goes back to your service plans, instead of just figuring it out himself. So a nice reliever if uh, we could get more people to invest the knowledge in themselves. Thank you to our panelists for sharing their perspectives on the makeup of a profitable, productive, precision farming dealer-customer relationship. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, TopCon Agriculture, for helping make this Strip-Till Farmer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And you can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free strip-till strategies daily e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at striptillfarmr and on our strip-till farmer Facebook page. 
Well, I hope that you'll join us again on December 21st for the final episode in our 2018 podcast series. And a reminder that you can still register to receive our Strip-Till Farmer print publication at striptillfarmer.com. For each of the panelists, TopCon Agriculture, and our entire staff here at Strip-Till Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening. <music>